Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Dean Blandino. And as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now... The guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 252. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, brother? Chris, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, coming off yet another cold, but uh, that's beside the point. Valentine's Day is coming up, so I wrote you a poem. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah. I, I'll, I can't wait. This should be exciting, huh? <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, are we doing it now? Yep, yep. Oh, yep. my goodness. Roses are red. Oh, yes. Violets are blue. Stafford loves to play with his balls, and I know you do, too. <laughs> Well, You're welcome. Everyone knows my nickname for you is Lefty. All right. Uh, we got a big show today. A lot going on. We're going to talk uh, about the Super Bowl. We're going to do a quick recap on that. We're going to talk about ESPN and Matthew Stafford's uh, being an early MVP prediction. Uh, we're going to talk about some some possibility to go to London, Dan Miller, some upcoming cool stuff we've got. We've got uh, Riz's Wisdom. Got a whole lot of great stuff lined up for you. Case, are you ready to go, my man? That poem could have been a lot less PC, but here we are growing and evolving and, and changing. Let's kick this off and break it down. I haven't thrown one bit. Perpetually 12. All right. A couple quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. That's right. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian Brookheiser from I Prevail. Long time. Good friend. Uh, great band, IPrevailBand.com. Check them out. But also make sure you go on over to Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. It's how we do all these great things we do. It's from your support. And you can sign up to do a monthly donation that goes directly to us, help support the show and all the great stuff we do, and help keep us doing this. Since 2015, Case, we're coming on, finishing up five years here shortly into year six and it's it's a lot of that is thanks to the folks on patreon it is a patreon donor you get access to slack the most intelligent lions chat room on the internet it's just us case myself riz um a couple other folks that you like say man i prevail brand you know, brian from there a couple other folks it's a great place to hang out and uh talk lions and what's going on also um you just head on over patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast help us out with as little as a dollar a month you get access to all that you're more than free to give us more than that, though, if you'd like. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, Detroit Lions Podcast on Instagram, or on Twitter 
at DET Lions Podcast. Don't mess up that follow. Get over there and follow us at DET Lions Podcast because it's the very best place to see Case. Sending you all my love. Oh, oh my. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com. Uh, Detroit slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get over there. Make sure to subscribe at that subscribe button and smash that bell so you get notified. I don't know. They say that. That's what the kids do these days. Smash the bell. Uh, so do that so you get notified every time we go live. We got a lot of stuff coming out on there and we're going to be doing a lot more uh, as this year. Last year was a foray with our Dean Blandino video. If you didn't see that redemption arc video with him, you, you definitely have to go over and check that out on our channel. Uh, we're going to introduce a little bit more like that. Some interesting stuff this year. So we'll talk a little bit about that in the show. We've got a really, really good stuff in mind that we're going to bring you. Also, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, wherever you go. We're there. And hit that five stars. Let everyone know how much you love us and give us that love there. If you have anything less than five stars, come to the subreddit and let us know why. And uh, we just might change it in your favor. And then you can go over and give those five stars. All right? Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or ring us up on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. Just smooth like butter, just see that. Um, we got, you know, Case has been sick beyond... The mental sick. You can hear a little bit of his breathing. It sounds like he's got a machine going on over there. Uh, <laughs> he's been sick for a month now, Case. I, this is literally the third cold I've had this winter, and I've never had this happen before. But this one, this one wasn't so bad. You can hear a little bit, but this one wasn't so bad. I'm pretty sure my my white blood cells are all jacked up. They've been they've been putting in their training this year, so yeah, for sure they're, for they're sure. fighting. They're fighting fresh right now. They're as tired to be as sick as I am. So. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Um, so and here I am drinking beer, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that going on. I've had something in my lungs since senior bowl, something came down and it's been like a dry, like asthmatic thing. I just can't get my, all my breath back and it's been tro- rough. I've been, it, the, the cough has been coming this week. So I don't know if we've got the, uh, the Corona, but I've been, I've been trying to chase it with truly. Uh, what are you, what are you drinking instead of Corona to try to cross? Uh, there's a, the Costco had, um, at a nice uh, Sierra Nevada IPA pack. Ooh, nice. So I, Sierra Nevada is a good go-to beer. I oh tell yeah, you, it's oh, for a sure. Good. Oh, I love their stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's get into it. We're going to do a quick recap on the Super Bowl to start things off. Um, and I think it's really relevant because we've heard a couple. I mean, we started doing it, but we've heard a lot of people recently start doing the kind of comparison between the Lions and the 49ers. And then we've we've talked about it, but we'll hit it again here real quick, just so people get the context on it. The 49ers lost a quarterback, had a terrible year, were at the bottom of the draft or top of the draft because they were such a bad team. Got a number of picks. This year turned it around. Boom, they're in the Super Bowl. It was it was, it was pretty pretty amazing, right? Um, that was really good stuff. That was great. Um, Lions, suddenly our year this last year looks like the year before for the Niners. Quarterback goes down, didn't do so well. We've got a number of picks. We've got some opportunities to get some picks. Could this be the year the Lions go to the Super Bowl? Is this, I mean, if we take this comparison all the way, you got to worry yourself about that comeback a little bit, uh, Case. And I, I want to ask you, because the Niners did great until that last, that, that final quarter and that, and that comeback got right. them. Right. But how would you feel if the Lions were to, to replicate that next year, make it all the way and then, and then choke it out at the end, or, or worse yet, it, as is Lions history and Lions lore? Something really stupid happens with the officials, and and we get chanked out of that 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 win in the Super Bowl. Is it worth being there, or 
where, where's your head on that? Because this, as, this is the one now of, that I start to consider, right? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember these off the top of my head, but as of now, the Lions are one of, I think, I, I want to say four. It's either four mm-hmm. or five teams that has never been to a Super Bowl. Four, yeah. Four, okay. The, I, I remember Lions, the Jags. Texans and Jags, right? Jags, yeah. Um, it would be nice to get off of that list. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, we now, are the oldest. Then of we all would those teams, then we would right? join <laughs> then we would join the seven team list of teams who have never won a Super Bowl. Um, but still, hey, I mean, at least think about how much fun we'd have during the season, though. I oh, mean, God. instead of you know, would I take that? Yeah, I'd take that over over three months of misery. You know, one day of of my dreams being crushed over three months of misery. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, I I, I understand the counter argument, but but I think that counter argument is for people who've seen you know success and just not quite, and you know, yeah. whereas we just haven't. So, like hearing the story of the the Chiefs not being in the Super Bowl for fifty years was old the second time I heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, "Ooh, boo hoo!" I don't. I'm, I'm not feeling so bad. I know, you know, um, the 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 owner being the the guy who started the AFL and all that. And I get it. I get it. I get it. But I, I you know, it was Otto Graham's days with the Browns since we've been in the Super Bowl or the the championship game. I'm, right. I'm, I don't care about their 50 years. Um, I, I agree with you. I think going and losing is better than not being there. It would be heartbreaking. My wife and I were talking about the game, and it's, this is this is a real this is a tough one for us, right? And and we're we're a tight group, my 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 wife and my son and I, and my wife is like, I don't think I could watch it. I feel like I'd have to lock myself in another room, just not you know soundproof it against you guys, and just like t- when I poke my head out, tell me what happened, do we win or not, right? Because emotionally, she doesn't think she could handle it. I feel very very similarly, and at the same time, they're both like. They kind of don't want us to be there because they know if we were in the Super Bowl, we would probably do something as part of the show, and the three of right. us wouldn't be able to experience it as, right. as just us, right? But it's like one of those things that I feel like we'd have to do a show at that point. That's what it's all about. Like it would be like some kind of a a, a mass, like like our training camp party or something. It would be a big yeah. event, right? I, I feel like yeah. we would do something like that, and I feel I feel bad for them, but. I, I mean, there's so many people that that count us for info and our our, our charming personalities that I feel like we almost owe it to them, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. So, so you're done with that. You're done with going and losing. Oh yeah. Even if we'll it's a, what out. if it's a referee jank? I mean, man. That, I mean, uh, if it's a referee jank, it's you know, it's almost better if it's a referee jank, just because then the, everybody else agrees with us, yeah, you know. Whereas, no, I, I, I don't know. I would, I, if the, you know, the gamesman in me would rather if we, if we were going to be in that situation and lost, I'd rather we just were the didn't, you know, worth the better team that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, let me let's move on because there's another question that comes out of this, and it arises from a play that looked a little familiar to the one we saw maybe in Dallas. The question is, I think other people have posed it in the last couple of years. What is DPI? Um, yeah, <laughs> that call, and I'll tell you, if you ask me on that call in the game, that was defensive pass interference. Mm-hmm. Now. Here's where things get janky. Or I'm, now I'm using janky. It used to be gestalt. What's what's going on? Here's where things get really weird. Um, <laughs> um, they didn't call anything that ticky tacky really for the rest of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Garoppolo getting blasted out of bounds uh, later. 
if you're gonna call that DPI call, I feel like you gotta call that 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 Garoppolo call, right? I forgot about this one. One I want to talk about after you're done with this. Okay, too. sure, sure. I just feel like that call stood out as inconsistent with the rest of the calls of the game, and that's why people argue about it, right? Because it's a sub- subjective call, DPI. I mean, they try to make it as, as objective as they can, but it is still subjective. I can see that being called either way, but based on how the officials are calling that game, and that was out of character for how they called the rest of the game, which is what I think where all the the, sure. the frustration comes from for Niners fans. Well, and there was the there was the Kittle um, offensive pass interference call, and they and but here's my issue: there was a lot of people, a lot of you know, mostly 49ers fans, um, saying, "Well, they would never have called that on Kelsey." They never called they that did. in the regular season. That's so they bullshit. They did. I saw They they call he got he got three offensive pass interference calls in the regular season. Yep. Like that is so <laughs> I I okay, and, and I'm sure that a lot of that was the emotion of the moment for 49ers fans. You're looking for anywhere to, you know, aim your anger. I understand. As long as you can let that go after a minute and I don't have to hear if we're still hearing about it in the you know middle of the off season from 49ers fans, that's when they start getting called out as you guys are fucking Bitches. off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. All right. So what was what was the piece you wanted to bring up? Oh, that was it. That was it. The the Kittle one. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's cool. All right. Um, another piece that that took um got the ire of some people bounced up, and we'll just touch it briefly because we're we're lions, but we do have to. It's the biggest game of the year. We have to do a little bit of a recap, right? Um, the halftime show, and I, I I really land soundly on on who cares. There is there is there's I think I think it's a little bit like the turkey hole. It's manufactured. It's meant to be that way because when people talk about it, that's when people go see the videos and get rammed up, and it it, it makes it a thing. And then the, and the more it's a thing, the more people are going to watch it and see what happens next time and all that. I I'm like, who cares? As far as my bubble is concerned, the bubble I live in, I don't you know anybody who was outraged by it. I, I literally don't know a single person who was upset by it. I know a lot of people who commented on. You were marching on Bismarck. Who, who were right? <laughs> who were who were upset? You know that somebody out there was upset by it. You know that's that's more like what I saw, and I was like, "What? Who are you talking to?" Because I don't like I don't see any of those people. You know, on my in my bubble, so mm-hmm. I, I'm sure those people who were actually sure. upset by it exist. Um, if they were upset by that, I sure hope they were upset by the over sexualization of Adam Levine. You know, yeah. the year before. I um, was, I, I as far as far as quality of 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 halftime shows it was far from the best but it was also far from the worst i've ever seen it's not going to be one that i right it's (laughs) never going to be one that i you know like remember truly but i mean the the biggest the biggest talking point of the whole thing for me and the people that i was around was jesus those ladies are looking pretty good for how old they are so i mean (laughs) yeah i think there's for me there's two takeaways one i get the people that were the head frustration because when you tune into ABC or CBS or any of the, the big network, the main networks that are broadcast, you expect a certain, you know, they have a censorship. They have, you know, that whole piece that's part of it. You have an expectation of what to, what to exceed. You don't go into Applebee's expecting all of a sudden your, your waitress is going to flop some, some, something in your face, right? I mean, it's just not what you expect, right? And, and it would you be, hope, right? You hope, right? but, but, but if you take your family there, you wouldn't expect that, right? And you right. would be offended if they did. I mean, you wouldn't, I wouldn't, but most people, some people would, right? So I get the expectation of what you have at a, as a quote unquote decency level. I get that. I get it. Okay, fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. I, I'm super libertarian. It's, it's, it's fine, whatever, right? Um, the other side of it, though, and I do have trouble 
doing the math on this and uh, you know i'm i'm not asking for anyone to do give me help but we saw the the space for women in space commercial and a very l- large bit about women's empowerment and all that and I, I feel like that was almost the opposite of that the sexualization of women like that's what we have to sell that's that's what we yeah. have and those were kind of contrary <laughs> uh, images in my mind i'm not so, gonna get into that yeah, know, conversation that's above our pay grade chris I know, I know. <laughs> it's like wow that just seemed different there's a juxtaposition for me there so all right um anyway Let's talk about MVPs because Patrick Mahomes was named the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And my son and I, top of the fourth quarter, halfway through, were really having a hard time. Who would you pick? Who would you pick? Neither one of us thought that it was Patrick Mahomes. So tell me, Case, what are the rules to make an MVP? Because I still don't think that Patrick Mahomes was really the MVP of the Super Bowl. It's a lot like the Hall of Fame in that. What matters is the story more so than the stats more so than who ground out and who actually, you know, uh, ground out the win for them, who put in the most, you know, who did the best performance is about the story and the comeback is the story. Mm-hmm. And so the, the leader of the comeback, that's the story and that's the MVP. I get it. I don't like it and I've never liked it. And it's the same reason that I, I, that if, if I, and I really truly know that people will take this as me trying to that say that I hate Eli Manning. I don't think he's worthy of the hall of fame, but the story is there and that's what will get him in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same way I feel about Joe Namath too, but that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms. So you know, um, I, we don't have a lot of time with Ruse this week, but we got to We got to get. Yeah, the we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. I got to do some research before we get into that too, just so I bring my A game. I feel for um, sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, when he went off on that dude, like I mean, the guy, I, I love him. Right, um, spoonful of sports. I think is is his um, his Twitter, Chris Spooner. He's a great guy, absolutely great, smart guy. Has his shit together, but he's not a big guy, right? And Riz is about nine foot seventeen yeah. inches tall. <laughs> something like that right and he towers it and he was like no he did it and like he was just ripping i was just like i felt so bad and and, and, and spooner's just sitting there like okay yeah yeah he's like not even fighting back right but riz kept going and going i'm just like dude stop he's dead he's like, alone. don't hurt him hammer yeah. um <laughs> Oh man, it was his. Yeah, no. So it's like I understand. Um, then again, then again, even if Damian Williams probably deserved it from like the best performance sure. of the day, sure. it wasn't like it was an amazing performance. It was like a massive standout, like, right? Sammy Watkins had the game of his life, right? <laughs> should, right. Should he get a, a, a right? Play the best right. he's ever played. And and you know the defense as a whole for the for the Chiefs did a phenomenal job in the second half. Mm-hmm. Can I pick one player worthy out of that? And I mean, there are a couple players that you could that you know you'd have in the conversation, but it it felt like there wasn't. I mean, Damian Williams probably deserved it slightly, but it wasn't. But when it's going to go to a default type decision, it's going to go to the quarterback. Always. and and I mean, that's just like I mean, that just is the the way of the world. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It's it's a little bit annoying, but it also entirely unexpected. Yeah, or excuse me, entirely uh, not unexpected. I would be I would be interested if they just didn't hand it out if there wasn't a standout player. Right, right. And it would actually be valuable. Right, Right. as we we. 
I'll, I'll, I'll cut the He short. was playing bad. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> was playing real bad right up until the end of the game. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. He the, yeah. the, the he was throwing players short consistently. Yep. Uh, one of those two picks was real ugly. And uh, I don't know, man. He was he was not with it uh, at all for, for about three quarters. So, yeah, just like if everybody's mad, nobody's mad. If everybody gets an award, it isn't really an award. Right. It's, it's just a certificate of attendance. So. Participation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, I yeah. want to hit something. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but it, it appeared to me. This is a question that's hit me. Um, it's related to the Super Bowl, but it's related to the Lions. And I think we use this transition away out of the Super Bowl into our Lions talk. Um, in the year we picked everybody's favorite tight end, Eric Ebron, um, there was a guy that I really, really wanted. Right. And I can I can go ahead and you know, I was not right on this guy, I don't think. Um, although Stafford may have made him look better, but Sammy Watkins was the guy that I was in love with this year. Mm-hmm. He went like four picks or five yep. picks before before us, and I really same really years Mike Evans and Aaron. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, those guys. But now let me just I want to focus on Sammy because Sammy was just in the Super Bowl, right? Had we picked Sammy Watkins, likely he would have been nothing spectacular like for Buffalo, right? I don't know that he would have been a better player. He probably would have busted out Detroit the same, right? Yeah. Would he, would we be in the same place as fans and 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 media about that pick if it was Sammy Watkins instead of Eric Ebron? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of picks that we could have taken there that would right, right. But this one's where, important, where one, right? Because right, this one's he went five picks ahead of time. If he had fallen to yeah. us, people would have been outrageously excited about him. Yeah, and he would have busted. Yeah. Right? And it wouldn't have been a tight end. I don't know. It's it's it, it hit me yeah. as an interesting kind no, of. I, I I agree. I think you know. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything to add to it. I uh, do agree with you. How would you have felt? Would you have been the same way with Ebron, or would you have been a little bit more muted in your criticism if he um, had the same failures that he had in in Buffalo? Because that's where he was. Right? He landed in Buffalo. Well, I, I you know I, as as I have always said i you know i think that eric ebron was widely considered the third best receiver and all i could base my opinion on was what i'd read in the media and that was what the media was saying was that he was the third best receiver at that point in time i wasn't doing the kind of the 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 kind of film study i do now and i'm still not like i'm nowhere near you know i'm not even in i'm not in jeff's realm i'm not in you know i i have a very basic when we get to the draft i've only done research on guys who i think there's a real chance that we'll draft mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean that's not entirely true i do you know i do some just like filler stuff too deep but, dive into the shallow end right uh so i mean at the time all i could say was that the media kept saying he was the third best receiver and the lions were absolutely desperate for another receiver I didn't have a, I didn't, I wasn't absolutely in love with it, but I didn't have a, I, from a, from a, like this makes sense kind of area that the math added up to me. All right. So, All right. I mean, I don't know I, right. that he was a tight end. Didn't matter that much to me. Okay. I just, that was interesting. Personally, personally, I know that, that, that doesn't, uh, you know, equate to a lot of people. So, sure, sure. So I know, you know, with that, You've been thinking about, you know, we talked about scorecasting before, the referee side of the game, officiating right. side. Awesome um, book. If you've never read it, yeah, grab it. Yeah, for sure. Read it. Um, we also, though, you know, you want to up your game on draft and, and and thinking about players. What better place to get your knowledge than Amazon, right? They're full of great content. See how I did that? I slowed. You even, you even so bid smooth. on that, man. You bid on that, too. Uh, head on over to uh, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com before you do anything. Audiobooks, books. 
your prime membership you want to get a, a regular book you want to get a generator that's my favorite because i actually did get a generator off of amazon back in like 2003 when it was a big thing to do something like that um anything you want off amazon head on over to detroit lions uh, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com they give us a kickback on your purchase when you do that it's a great way to support the show by doing something you're gonna do anyway who doesn't go to Amazon. So, uh, yeah, when you're heading there, please, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. I'll kick you straight there. No funny stuff. Just it's a cookie <laughs> so they know that we sent you. All right. Um, let's talk about John Matthew Stafford. Some folks aren't aware that his name is John. I was just I was just made aware of. Um, yes, but he goes by Matthew. Uh, ESPN, uh, one of their analysts picks Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford is the MVP in early predictions for the 20. 20- 20 season. This is by uh, Reddit user Getting Janny submitted to the subreddit. Getting Janny. I like that. I like that. It's someone on the uh, on the cutting edge of the Janny trend, right? Uh, right, my favorite Janny case? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what I thought was funny, um, the article is by is on M Live by Benjamin Raven, um, which is kind of a cool name. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know him. Um, he must be newer. Um, but anyway, uh, he's got a quote from the from the ESPN insider who said this that says, uh, which was uh, Jeremy Fowler, if he leads Detroit to contention, which isn't so far fetched considering the talent around him, he'll be the M- in the MVP mix because he puts up numbers and the NFC North is as open as Kenny Galladay. I thought it was hilarious because even when they're praising us, they get it wrong. Kenny Dolladay isn't that wide open. He just wins contested catches. Right, <laughs> we right. all know separation, separation. So I, I just have found it amusing that even when they're, you know, trying to say something nice, they can't quite, quite get the analogy right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it always flies. I, I, I mean, absolutely. I think he was on track to be MVP this year. If he, if he were to, uh, have played the season, I guarantee he would have been. Well, as the article yeah. mentions, he was number two in in, uh, in yards per game and yards per uh, pass attempt, which is yards per pass attempt is one of the you know biggest factors. Yeah. Um, uh, of of you know grading quarterbacks, he had a he had a QB rating over a hundred over a hundred this year, which is the highest of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I man, I, if there's of course, you know, it, you couldn't possibly Stafford's having his best season of his career. And that's the year that gets cut in half. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was tough. So it's, it's, I, I feel like it's an easy pick, right? Um, our, our ESPN guy isn't getting too out on a limb on this one, but uh, we'll see. I, I, I can see Matthew Stafford at any point has that capability. If he just, if things pu- pull together for him, um, he has that capability. He's the guy. It, the, As we'll, we'll talk to Jeff later about wide receivers, but I mean, we need to, we need to get him some weapons. We need to figure that thing out this year. But the talk that he's not our guy, especially when you say, "Oh, well, because of injury," and then you want to pick up Tua who can't walk, right? <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> you're stop, just stop. <clears throat> Matthew Stafford is our guy right now, and I get look if you if Joe Burrow is there. When we're where we pick, if we're number one pick overall, because that's the only place he's going to be, then absolutely you have to take Joe Burrow at this point because the long term gain for your team is is obvious. But there is no one else in this draft that you would replace Matthew Stafford with. Period. End of story. And it's not okay. You know, I I, I know that the injury that he has now um, was produced over a long period of time, over two seasons, to get to the point we were at. But there's absolutely no reason at this point to believe that he won't be back 100%. He, right. we, 
he had what the um he I should have looked this up beforehand, but he has what the the something like the fourth or the or the second or third fourth longest active streak of starts for a quarterback mm-hmm. and and what he's in I think he he was closing in on the top ten all time or something like that. I again I, I should have looked it up before we started, but uh, he's just I mean you want to talk about an Iron Man? He is an Iron Man and and um, as long as this heals properly and I can't I can't sit here and make guarantees it will but I also think it's a ride or die situation I don't think it makes sense to bail on on this situation especially you know and I also think it would be incredibly ridiculous of this coaching staff to bail on this situation mm-hmm. uh, when they when they could otherwise bolster the talent around him and on the defense and, and whatever to attempt to uh, have a, a very meaningful year that they need to keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's... I, they, there is the two, you know, contingent of people. And I would just like to say you're ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the I'm sorry. I'm not that. trying. I, I, that's, that is the nicest way. I think I can say that, but you're ridiculous. No, so that's, that's, fair. <laughs> that's absolutely fair. I want to, I'm going to ambush you again with an article that dropped mm-hmm. just recently. It was a Cal Mikey article. And I like this article cause I, and I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, Look, I haven't talked to Kyle in a long time, right? I am completely just projecting this based on on, on what I've seen. So I, I may not be reading him correctly here. So I just want to say this is pure speculation. Okay. So nobody take this as some kind of, you know, shade or whatever. But he put an article about uh, out one uh, thirty today. Steve Mariucci, before we all die, the Lions have to get that revolving door out of the front of their facility. And this is a really good article. Uh, it's over at M Live. Oh, check Mike Mikey out. He he he's him and Justin Rogers as as much fun as they've had together and as they have poking each other. They're spectacular writers. And and one of the things about Mikey is, you know, he's I know he's been frustrated with the people on Twitter and taking you know some sh- shots back at people that he maybe hadn't or wouldn't do in the in the historically. But the one thing he continues to do is write in a very very balanced manner. He doesn't layer his thoughts or dreams or clicky bait crap over the top of his writing. It's really objective quality stuff. And so he talks about uh, Steve Mariucci, obviously a former Detroit Lions coach, um, talks about the team and what Mariucci says. I just want to read a section of this article. I, I, I Again, go to M Live and check out this article from Mikey. But uh, it says, but Mariucci thinks the Lions are finally on the right track after showing patience with their current head coach. Because somehow, and this is a quote, at some point in time before we all die, the Lions have to get that revolving door out of the front of their facility, Mariucci says. They've got to look for continuity. Players, front office, coaching staff, it's been changing so much over the years, right? And so just giving a guy one, two, three years is just like, all right, guys, let's change it again. Let's try our luck with the next bunch. But when you do that, you take a couple of steps backwards. Changing coordinators on both sides of the ball, and you start over, and every time you take yeah. two steps backwards or take one step forward, sometimes it's five step back. <clears throat> so I'm glad they kept Matt. Talking about Matt Patricia here. Um, and absolutely, I agree with Mooch 110% here. Again, that's why, look, this may not work out. I've, I've said he, that the, yeah. the, the coaching staff and Quinn have to come back this year. I'm already ready to say that four years is probably the right balance to give these guys to make the cultural and, and, and team change that they need. We <clears> may <throat> not have great results this year, and people say I'm insane, and I get it, and I will own it because we do that here. But, um, you know, we're not your typical podcast group that, uh, that just makes predictions and leaves. We own our, our stuff. But I just believe that it takes – 
time to set a team in in into a place where you really really can measure the coaches and the and the front office and the moves they make with those players. I completely agree and it's 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 real easy for a team and you know the Browns have been guilty of this of of like caving to uh fan pressure and that's not to say that I think the Browns ever had found an answer in a in a coaching staff or front office uh that would have necessarily done better um given a little bit more time but but I also think you know it, it, you truly never get the opportunity to find out yep. if you and and so even if it's a failure I would rather have four years of failure than 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 eight years of two year failures, you know, or, or three years of training, and you hand them off to somebody else to go win the Super Bowl, right? That's and then try to because <laughs> then all the revisionist people come in, right, and talk about oh, right. oh they didn't give a chance, you know, and, and, and that that'll drive me that the revisionist stuff is what drives me crazier than most, stuff. right? The people that don't right. really own where they were or what they thought, just take it as a, own it. Take it as an opportunity to learn to move on. I mean, you, you right. can't predict the future. You can't. This is there's a lot of speculation, and you're putting things together to try to come to a conclusion on something that is literally a prediction, right? There's there's nothing no shame in being wrong sometimes. So, um, all right, I tell you what, I want to open up the phones here real quick. All right, we're we're gonna keep going with the show, but we kind of got our first piece out of the way. We're gonna open the phones to people. <laughs> Uh, if you want to get in touch with a hacking case, you can hit us up at uh, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384. Uh, that'll get you through to the show, or uh, you can use Skype and go to Detroit Lions Podcast. That's our account, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, and that'll get you through to us. Uh, get case some some opportunity to cough on somebody else besides just me as we go through all this stuff. All right. I'm um, trying real hard to suppress that shit. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to get one out of the chat here, Case, before we, we bounce into the next stuff here. Do you um, know alcohol is a cough suppressant? Yes, yes. So. Um, I will, um, I have other, uh, I'll, leave, I'll swallow <laughs> that. We got a call, I'll just leave it. Uh, hey, caller, what's your name, and how much have you had on a Thursday night with no football? Hey, this is Chris R. again. Oh, Chris, so you're, you're tanked, as usual. This is our local alcoholic. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Oh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Doing good. Having good. fun. So we were talking earlier, well, I guess I should say you guys, uh, about some of the bigger needs that we have when you guys did the segment with Jeff. And that actually is going to be later. You got to our... play along. Oh. That's going to be later. So, so we're going to talk later about that, Chris, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um, yeah, this whole thing's been confusing. But anyway, you guys about uh, the corner, the corner position, and the wide receiver position. But there's a third spot that I think is kind of going under the radar a little bit this year in terms of need and next defensive tackle. Uh, oh yeah, no, I agree. You know, what's going to happen with next right now? Pending uh, <laughs> retirement and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. If he leaves, if, assuming you count. This on hand doesn't end because he's trying to place five. Your only two defensive tackles on the roster right now going into next year are John Atkins and I think his name is Kevin Shaw. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are your two defensive tackles on the roster right now. So next retires. No, so, I agree. I, I definitely agree. For position that's, especially for a position that's that important towards the scheme, both nose and the, the three or five spot where you need that interior pass rush pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think that we need to be focusing on a little bit more, even just in terms of the general offseason, whether it be free agent, whether it be draft. And once you have Kinlaw and Derek Brown off the board, who else is there really? I haven't gotten deep enough into DTs, but how many two-gap 
Stevens and tackles are really in this class that you would think can do that effectively. So. I can't even remember. I can't even remember who it was that I was talking about last week. And I should remember, uh, there was a, there was a player last week. Um, was it a Texan, uh, that I DJ liked? Reader. Yeah. Yeah. That, that DJ would be Reader. cool. That would be cool. And I, you know, I think there, there's ways, but I definitely think it's going to be a difficult year for us to, fill that hole effectively if, if Harrison doesn't play and if Harrison doesn't play well. So I, you know, we definitely have to hope, especially with the two years left on the contract we gave him. And, and you definitely have to hope for some kind of rebound from Harrison or we are, we are up shit's Creek in that particular department. No, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I will say and like, oh, a lot ahead. of people are talking about, a lot of people are really talking about like how Chase Young is going to be like this super generational, have to take him as he falls to three type guy. But I mean, honestly, we have Trey Flowers at the edge right now. So do yep. we plan on moving Trey Flowers inside? Do we plan on moving Trey Young inside the defensive tackle? Like, what would be the plan in terms of fixing the interior if we drafted a guy like Chase Young? No, no. It would, it would certainly be cause for, you know, they'd have to be creative. <laughs> I won't argue with that at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. I. I will tell you. There's a guy, an, an outside guy, and he's he's probably like around four through six kind of guy that I know. And and I'm looking at my notes from the Senior Bowl here, um, that I saw interest, some quintrust in, uh, Travis Gibson. He's a end out of Tulsa. Um, there was there was a, um. How would I say that? There is a vocal <laughs> expression of interest from um, from Quinn on that one. Uh, really, really liked um, what I saw there. He's um, he's the guy who I have here. Let me see. Sorry, get to my notes. Um, really, really wide guy. Uh, got some some the contrition, uh, and and he's well defined, right? And and he, and I don't have a lot of well defined defensive ends right they're they're a little and especially tackles um but at the ends they're a little bit more more defined but uh than the tackles but um he looks to be in really really good shape athletically he's a guy i might keep an eye on later from a uh from an end position from a tackle position i'm not sure yet where we would go um i'm i'm thinking free agency might be the place that they find somebody and and they just want somebody that's just a hole stuffer you know what I mean? I don't know that they're going to get a lot. Yeah. I think there's other guys like Aishan who's who's there's some questions around. But what will we do with him? Where how would he fit? He um, he's great at deflecting passes. He's a guy I think that you know a lot of people aren't super. I would go ahead. Low low key, there's a guy and and I a lot of people will remember his name because he hasn't been in the league very long. Um, and and that's Andrew Billings, uh, from Cincinnati, and oh, okay. and obviously Cincinnati hasn't done a lot. Uh, with him, um, and he is not a he is not a, a pass rush guy at all. But if they were looking at somebody that they wanted to, you know, anchor the line, he might be a guy. And he's only I think he's twenty three, twenty four, mm-hmm. uh, who who they could sign long term for relatively cheap. I I suspect, um, and at least give them some um, backup. Like even if they wanted to sign him, even if David Harrison's you know coming back, um, that would provide them some security. And maybe maybe that's a something to look into and, and if anybody out there has very strong feelings about why that's a bad idea, please share. I'll, I'll uh, listen to what you have to say, but yeah, I, I would also add that if, if that, as we, we might talk about later with Riz, uh, the a trade with Indy rolls up and Kinlaw pops <laughs> in, <laughs> he could be the tackle that kind of mm-hmm. atta- addresses that problem there. So 
Right. A lot depends yeah, on, those- on the free agency moves. And then I think that's yep. going to address how we move around in the draft itself and, and attack where where the key position is that we attack. So as these you know as these dates pop up and uh, let's see the 18th of March is when free agency starts. I think in those first couple of days around the 18th, 19th, you know through the 22nd of March, um, we're gonna we're gonna get a real clear picture of where Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are looking to uh, to go in the draft as far as which holes they're trying to plug. Yeah, and I think that one thing that's interesting is you kind of have to figure out where the depth of the draft is going to be. And for as much as I love guys like LaVisca and KJ Hamler is another guy I'm incredibly, incredibly high on right now from Penn State, there are so many good receivers. Like if you had, if you told me we could get KJ Hill in the fourth round, yeah, I'm all over that. Oh, yeah. Like without having to use the second round pick where we could take a guy like Neville Gallimore to be your pass rushing defensive tackle. Right. So... Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how the team plays the draft going forward, too, and kind of says, okay, like we know in the first round we're going to take Okuda, so we might not invest in CP and free agency type thing. Yep. I think KJ Hill's a guy to, to look out for. There was uh, Quintrest on, on that one. Again. Oh, Jesus, you're wearing that one out. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but it's true. I, and, and, and I only have a couple guys, right? On, I mean, I'm, 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 making, I'm, I'm making sure I name them. Um, but I, look, I was there. I watched him react, and I watched him to react to both full rosters, one player at a time. And uh, the ones that the reaction seemed to be genuine, I, I I put a little note there, right? Because I think it's important. I think how they played him in the Senior Bowl also, and where he can fall in the draft is is indicative of what they might think of him. Now, uh, we got in the in the live chat, right? Combat Sack wants to know about uh, quote unquote Judge Judy. And uh, the impact that he would offer as far as being more than Okuda. I think absolutely from a scoring perspective he would. But I think with the cornerback position, and this is one, and look, I know we're hurting wide receiver too, right? We're trying to plug a couple of holes. But wide receivers are a lot deeper in this draft, and and you you can get good players later after round one. Cornerbacks... Not only in this draft are hard to get, but overall are tried to hard to get that 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 elite kind of prospect at cornerback, and knowing that what we know about Slay and where he could be going, it it just makes sense. It, it's it's when we had Sue and Fairley, and we didn't take Aaron Donald, right? It's that same kind of situation. Oh, we're fine. A year and a half later, we're like, what in the hell? What just happened? Right? Yeah. I think when we look at the cornerback situation and the importance of it, that's what brings Okuda so high on the list for the Lions, especially when it comes to what their needs are. Yep. And another, oh, and another thing, too, specifically with Judy, is he has some pretty bad drop issues. Yeah. I watched, I think, four of his games, and I caught, like, seven or eight drops over those four games. It's crazy. So, And that doesn't tend to get I better with Stafford as your him. quarterback. That, I mean, we, we see that with sure hands. <laughs> We're going to get back to this case. You remember, this is a year, couple year he's long. Gotten, thing. He's gotten better at, at, over time too. It, yeah. it, even even the lower lower you know tier receivers on the team have had fewer and fewer drops as he's gone along. He's well, he's lower come tier a long way a with less putting, than Chris Durham now, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. He's he's gotten better at, at at the touch passes when the touch passes need to happen. Yep, so. Yep. I'm just saying you don't want to. We saw that with Ebron. You don't want a guy prone to drops trying to catch balls from Matthew. Stafford. Right. No, that's. I won't argue with that. All right. Hey, Chris, we're going to let and you fly, was, man. And he was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and the, I was going to add another point. Last point too onto that is he was catching passes from Tua, who yeah. is 
probably one of the more accurate college quarterbacks in the in the nation. Yeah, no, really. no, that's 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 so, an absolutely good good point to make. So there you go. That's what you're looking at. All right, Chris, thanks for calling. Thank you. I see your ombudsman work going on in the uh, chat again. As always, really appreciate it. Looking for something for you uh, on the site soon, right? You got any uh, yeah, ideas? Yeah, I'm still writing that Okoda piece. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I'm a little bit sidetracked this week doing some pro stuff, getting ready for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we can uh, understand that. Getting back into getting back into draft stuff again now that the Super Bowl's passed us and getting ready for combine. So. Nice, nice. All right, my brother, be good, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the next show or see your next article. Yep. All right, brother. See Sounds you. good. See All you guys right. again soon. Yep. All right. Yeah, Chris's Chris's analysis. He's often. In uh, weighing in with his thoughts in the uh, in the Slack chat again, patreoncom slash Lions podcast, and uh, he's. Uh, I'm really glad he brought up the defensive tackle thing because I, I hadn't thought about Andrew Billing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna think a lot more about that in the next few weeks here because okay. that might that might really be the that that might be my Marvin Jones of of this this year. Sorry, <laughs> apartment. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know if that you had a harmonica up your butt. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Um, really quick, we'll do the. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk next week about Ash's article because you'll feel more comfortable then about the salary cap and where the Lions are with the salary cap right now. Let's move on to the next piece again. We'll take your calls. So, uh, we, we, you know, feel free to call us anytime. We'll talk about something I noticed uh, in the Super Bowl and the in the kind of pre Super Bowl shows. They did the this road to the Super Bowl special for like an hour. And I love I love NFL films. I love what they put together. It's always great. I've always thought maybe one day I could do something like be the voice of an NFL films thing. I would that would be like a dream come true, right? <laughs> I just love the voiceover because those guys are like hero voices to me. They sound so yeah. great. But um, they, they 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 interlace right with that great narration. Um, the calls from the uh, the play by play announcers right into the into the show right and they and you get the excitement of the play in the in the moment and i was sitting there and it occurred to me <clears throat> none of these guys i mean and, and they're all they're good some of them were like i was making fun of actually how bad they were they sounded right they just did not fit the bill but just how lucky we are to have dan miller as our ah. play-by-play guy and i was like here's oh, a guy. he's like, unbelievable for his, all these years right the lions have, have not quite been to that place where our calls are important. Our calls make that kind of a special, right? We've got the very best play guy, play by play guy in the business, and this team is denying him the opportunity to get that exposure for the rest of the country to see how great we have it to have him making these play calls out there. And it just, I got frustrated. It, it really hit me. And I was like, this team, I mean, Lions wasting another generational yeah, talent. Is yeah, that the idea? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That in itself is a YouTube clip right there that we should make. Is, is that the Lions are wasting a generational talent in Dan Miller with, with their inability to, to elevate um, what he has to the national stage? I mean, he truly, oh. like, like, you know, uh, I've borne witness to a couple of uh, transformative calls, and I've, I've complained about the uh, Minneapolis miracle, uh, or Minnesota miracle, whichever it was, uh, Minneapolis miracle. Um, I was listening to that game on the radio live, and and they have good. They, I can't remember his name. I should remember his name, Peterson, but they're yeah. but they're 
but their call guy is is well respected. But it what annoyed me was that they had been talking about we need a Minneapolis miracle for like five minutes before it actually happened. So it was so <laughs> contrived when it actually it's came out evil. and that bugged me. And and not to mention, you know, it was it was derivative of you know the the. the uh, other miracle, you know, yeah, the, the mo- plays and things. Um, music, um, I want Dan Miller to have that moment and, and no. to top that moment. So, yeah, no, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and and uh, the last point, and I just hate when it's contrived. Just like like you said, how they were just trying to set it up, trying so hard to set it up. It's I I it blew my I, t- I blew my top on the turkey hole thing, right? Where they right. they did that yeah, one. Did. I did, <laughs> but it was so because because they had a graphic ready. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that they sat down in a pre-production meeting and went and, and they sat down and said, well, we're going to get cleared with the lawyers. Turkey hole is a little edgy. Right. Uh, and the lawyers are like, oh, turkey hole. And it's OK, that's good. And then the, the staff is going, Kiki, this is funny. We're going to say turkey hole on, on the air. Oh, here, create a graphic. OK. And they made turkey hole because <sighs> it's a funny phrase. We're going to we're going to make that. Oh, yeah. Edgy. I really can't stand John Gruden to begin yeah, with. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. I just thought it was it was just so contrived and so insulting as a viewer, right? The, the the whole kind of concept of turkey hole, I just done. I've discarded it completely from my from my lexicon, my vocabulary, and it's just it's stupid. I hate feeling manipulated like that. I hate yeah. that. And um, that that, that Minneapolis. And that was miracle. how I felt, you know, yep, listening to exactly. that. Exactly. Don't insult me, please. Don't insult me, please. Don't yeah. insult me like that. Okay, move on. Um, all right. Uh, Senior Bowl. Had a couple of people ask. You're gonna see uh, a bunch of podcasts pop up in our uh, in our uh, podcast feed that you, you guys see in your podcast app, and it will be the recordings. It's like I've been wrestling with how to do this because it's like four and a half hours of coverage that we did, and I was like, do I release it? How do I do this? Do I release like there's like nine different things? I'm gonna package them up by day. I'll do an intro and an outro to each one, and I'm just gonna put the the the, the pieces together. But in the, over the course of the next week, our Senior Bowl coverage will be released on the audio. Uh, just so you guys know, and we'll put a preface on there, Senior Bowl. So if it's not something you want to hear or you watch it before, you can you can go past it really quick. Don't want to fill up your phones with a bunch of stuff. Don't want to overwhelm you with with different stuff in the feed. But just wanted to warn everybody that that's coming because we've just had a, a real influx of people saying where can we get it on the audio can we get it on the audio so we're gonna do that don't freak out i know it's 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 historical content but uh we'll, we'll identify it with uh senior bowl coverage for you guys and the thing so i want to make that a quick one um let's talk about london london's coming up uh jags there's there's rumors and uh london's burning <laughs> london's calling uh, <laughs> let's be friendly to our friends in the on the other side of the pond, who uh, they've recently had to uh, work their way through a Brexit. Um, <laughs> looks like possibly through the rumor mill, maybe that there's no confirmation at all that the Lions could play against the Jags in London. Is that caveated enough? Or yeah, should I say yeah. Another, maybe you're possibly or yeah. it's not necessarily confirmed or anything like that. No, that's I mean, it is a strong possibility. We play the Jaguars this year. Mm-hmm. It's an away game for the Jaguars. We have an away game against the Jaguars this year. So I mean it, it, you're, you're 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 it's a, yeah, so you twenty five percent chance right off the bat, you know, uh narrowing it down. Uh we've played in London before. They've sent us to London twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not totally unfamiliar territory, which I think makes us more likely candidate, to be perfectly honest. Um, they have two home games, the Jags there. When they're not happy about it, the, the fans are not happy about it. Sure, but yeah. uh, And I can't blame them. I absolutely can't blame them. When it was one a year, it was like, I think the fans were like, okay, we understand this franchise is, you know, like financially needs 
but to take away two is, you know, that, that puts them in a serious, like, how do you pay for a stadium when you take a quarter of your home games away? I, I'm honestly, well, I mean, even, even money, competitively, the, 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 the concessions money, all that, I think they'll stay in London. So like the second week, which will probably be against the Lions, right? They they kind of have an advantage because they are completely. Oh, that's a thought. I hadn't thought about that. Zone, but, right? Yeah. So, but I mean, even at that, it's like, it, but it's still not a home game for them. It, and, and I mean, other teams have to face that similarly. You know, the the Chargers have had to face that a lot. You know, in their new home, where they're bare, where they're not team. really the home team. Yeah. You know, I think um, the second it, week is more of a home game than the first week. I, I will say because right. they really have acclimated. They've, they'll obviously have taken feedback from the Jags. Uh, they try to make it seem like a home game. They do a lot of that as well. I'm, but I haven't gotten the impression that London really roots for the Jags. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, it's like you don't have the fans behind you in the same way that you do at home. Even if even if the Jaguars Stadium isn't completely packed every week or anything like that, there is a little bit of a difference. At some level, though, if you keep coming back, you're going you to think, make but more they've been fans, doing it for a right? while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two weeks. In I a think row, the Lions, having been there several times now, they're more or less on equal footing. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> fortunately for us, it's been away games for us. The so. thing is, you, you got to win. Right, that's how you make fans is by yeah. winning. That's that's really yeah. what it is. So, we'll see. Lions do have a connection with the kind of the English uh, spirit. And we got the Mike English there. Mike can Mike can rally the rally the troops. So I need I, I need to talk to Mike. We haven't talked in a while. He's yeah, been so parenty busy and work. Busy. That's all right. That's all right. But but we'll we'll get him involved when it when we start talking London if if it if it becomes a reality. So right. love you, Mike. Love you too, Mike. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, Roses let's... are red, violets are blue. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a boil that I, I'd like to pop for you. Uh, okay, so let's really quick talk about. Um, you're getting your your Lions gear, right? You got you got free agency coming. You got Drake Mike looks good in a swimsuit, and I do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so you get your Lions gear, you get your Pistons gear, your Red Wings gear. Maybe you want to get your Michigan State, your Michigan gear. You got a lot of stuff going on. There's all kinds of sports. You're heading up towards Final Four is creeping up here in uh, in, in a month. The, the 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 whole basketball tournament that everyone loves. Um, you got to get your gear. You want to support your team. How do you do it, Case? How do you do it? You want to get your girl something for Valentine's Day? It's obviously a sleigh jersey, right? That's what you're doing, Case. Sure, for the girl. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about curry, furry conventions. Uh, head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Um, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com works the same way as the Amazon version of that. They give us a kickback on what you buy, and you get that top quality, officially licensed gear. And uh, they give us a kickback because uh, we sent you there. That's what that little uh, going through that way tells them so fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com use that to buy all of your sporting gear and your your uh, your team gear memorabilia the whole thing and um, they'll give us kickback support the show uh, you're gonna do it you know you're gonna do it everybody around here has that jersey or that t-shirt or something that they use to support the team when you're getting your next piece head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com and support the podcast by doing that thank you all for doing that along the way peer pressure at its finest yeah i mean I, well i don't know i mean is, is, is i'm there just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding go now go now okay so all the kid, cool kids are doing it you loser. <laughs> pee in your pants is cool consider me miles davis <laughs> and with that we'll end the show uh thanks for that though thanks for that, that rip or that uh drop all right uh, really quick i want to talk about something we got coming up um we're a little bit out of order stuff so i'm trying to keep this straight uh we're gonna do 
kind of a day in the life of the XFL. We're, we're finalizing some of the stuff on that. We talked about how we're going to put some videos together this year, similar to, um, similar but different than what we did with uh, Dean Blandino last year on his redemption video. If you haven't seen it, go to youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy funny video, a lot of fun to do. Uh, we took him on a tour of Detroit and had a lot of fun along the way. Um, we're going to do some other stuff like that, some, some feature stuff. And we're working right now with the XFL to do a day in the life. I saw some questions about what XFL team should we cover? Uh, and that kind of thing. I'm lucky just where I'm at right now in Tampa. We have a local team. So I'm, you know, I'm, am I going to be a fan? I'll have to see, right? I'll have to see. But I'm going to go down there. We're working with them to set up a day on their home opener and uh, put together a nice piece, a nice package on the uh, XFL, kind of a day in the life of a fan. Get some some on-field footage and, and just kind of go through the whole thing, do a really, uh, really nice package for you guys. So that's going to come. And with that, we're going to start doing some more of those things this offseason. So look for that um, kind of a vlog-style stuff. Let us know what you like and don't like about that. We're, we're interested to see if it's if it's something you guys found valuable. All right? Trying to decide what team I'm going to follow. I'm literally just looking at the names now. The Tampa Vipers, <laughs> man, the Vipers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It that's pretty cool. cool. Maybe I'm I can not... get. Maybe I can get behind that. I, I think. I mean, you know, you know, I like. I'm a nerd and I like fantasy, so maybe I can get behind the Seattle Dragons. I think that's a pretty sweet name. I knew you were a nerd. I didn't know about fantasy. Um, I think I, I did all part. about the D and D and you know that kind of shit. So you're all about the D. I will cut D that D. too to fix <laughs> the D and the D. <laughs> um, I, I I have a hard time with the Vipers, the green colors. It's it's it's. I gotta it's look at this, much, yeah. but uh, I, I can't let the colors. Oh yeah, no, it. wow, that is yeah, it's that powerful. is that is green. That it's is that is super green. green. Yeah, I I don't think I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been looking at colors here instead of you know. Yeah. So that's racist. <laughs> our, our coverage this year on the XFL, I can guarantee for everybody that it will not supplant or change or reduce our coverage of the Lions and the NFL. Um, that will all remain the same. But we'll just put a little extra in here because this is interesting, right? And the XFL, we've seen uh, the last time they were around, they definitely influenced the you know Sky Cam, all that kind of stuff. They influenced the way the NFL went, and it's an opportunity now to to see how the XFL will influence the NFL will it become the minor league, league you know minor league team will it go the way of the AAF who knows right we'll see I know uh, Blandino's fully embedded as part of that and we've been working with him and some of the other folks over there making some good friends and it feels like it'd be something interesting especially because it's not direct competition with football for the Lions right it's something else to kind of talk about that's yep. still football and fun so there you go on that uh, also just a preview here uh, a couple of amazing and I, when I say amazing I really really mean it these are national tier guests over the course of the next four weeks we've got to get the timing and stuff uh, fleshed out uh, on on schedules but these are these are folks that will be the talk of Detroit on the show I guarantee we've got some big guests coming to join the show and we're going to talk deep on the on the Lions and get all kinds of great information for you guys the stuff that you're really really looking for ahead of free agency in the draft um, so this is coming up and uh, just keep keep looking there's one week that I have to travel out there but we will it's combine week. Uh, which is why I can't do the combine coverage that we wanted to so far. My day job, unfortunately, pays a heck of a lot more than the podcast, and uh, I have to I have to do what makes them happy. So uh, we'll be doing that, but we will still be covering. Riz will be calling in. We'll be doing our shows this the, that week uh, as well. It'll just be remote kind of a deal, but it's all good. So uh, good stuff, good guests coming up. Um, it's the off season. It's kind of before you know free agency. It's after the Super Bowl. It feels like a little bit of a soft period. Uh, we're gonna get some good guests in here to keep you guys interested and give you some some good content as we we want to do so lastly uh we'll cover some important dates 
We've got the scouting combine, the 24th through the 2nd of March. Big, big stuff going on. Free agency starts on the 18th, again, between the 16th and 18th of March. Uh, negotiations can begin with unrestricted free agents. Uh, the 29th through the 1st of uh, March to April is the league meeting. And then April 23rd through 25th, the NFL draft from the, the Fountain of Las Vegas. Uh, we'll see if they use the fountain like a bidet. We'll see what goes on there. I can only think bad things are about to happen by that location, but we'll see. Uh, we're going to do our draft party again for you folks. We have a great what time. What day is the draft? Um, 23rd. So I believe it's a Thursday, right? Isn't that when it always is? April 23rd? Sure. I'll look right now. Yep. It's a Thursday as it kicks off. So we'll take that and do our first day. Uh, Case has a lot of work stuff he's working out. We'll see if he can't do it. We'll, uh, I should be able to. Shouldn't be a problem. We'll look for day two if, if Case isn't available. We hope he is. But if he can't do day two, we'll have Sam in like we did last year. And we'll give you that day one and day two coverage. The first three rounds of the draft. And then May through, 1st through the 11th, there are two separate three-day rookie mini camps that happen. And uh, the, the team schedule those accordingly. There'll be some OTAs in there. And uh, that'll take us to about mid-June when the real dead season, vacation season starts, Case. <laughs> and uh, we get ready for the inevitable training camp party that we're going to do. Uh, one other quick thing. We are going to do the St. Jude thing again this year. We're going to put it together. We have some work to do here in the next couple of weeks to get that ready to, to launch. Uh, we launched that after the Combine last year. And I think we're going to do that the same way this year once the uh, Rich Eisen does his thing we're going to see what we can add to to the uh to his his donation squad so stay tuned for that we're going to look for your donations and uh, your help for those kids for saint jude all right with that i think that's the first part of our show you ready for the riz case oh always ready let's do it are you ready to get schooled it's time for risden's wisdom with the riz jeff risden Oh, how you doing? Back with the Riz right now. Welcome to everybody watching the show. Riz, thanks for joining us, man. Tops of the pops here at Lions Wire and uh, over at Browns Wire. I, I know this is the boring time of year for you. Nothing gets started until uh, about the 15th of June, right? <laughs> All right, a couple of quick topics. We know you're, you're a little bit on time today. You got uh, some very important family matters to take advantage of, take care of. Um, let's get right into it. Slay's contract and uh, the value around that. There's a lot of talk around uh, Darius Slay. Will he stay? Will he go? Will we keep him? Will we trade him? Cut through the mustard, man. Give us give us your, your take on this. <laughs> it's some pretty thick mustard, let me tell you. Wow. So <laughs> so uh, so he came out um, and and it came out earlier this week or last week even. It's it's been going on for a long time. It goes back into last fall that he wants new money. Actually, last a year ago this time, he wants more money. Yeah. His, his contract ends at the end of this season. He's making twelve million and change this year. He is the 14th highest paid cornerback in the NFL in 2020. He thinks he's better than that. He probably is better than that, although he was not last year, even though he made the Pro Bowl. He's going to be 30 years old. He wants a new deal. I don't blame him for wanting a new deal. I'd want a new deal, too, if I were him. Sure. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is, he what does he want? So he got a new exchange with uh, a fan, Jared Heatley. I'll give him credit on that because he, he actually responded to Slay and Slay responded to him, mm -hmm. which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and Darius is, is that kind of guy. That, that's one of the reasons why we like him as Lions fans. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jared said, uh, and I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but it's in a Lions Wire article and it's it making the rounds. I think it was $13.5 for two two to three years each 
and Darius gave that big old thumbs down. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So he wants more than that. So there right now are two cornerbacks who make $15 million a year. Wait, he doesn't think that's too much, Riz? You don't think it's uh, going the other way? I don't think so, no. I think he's, he's looking for more. So the highest-paid cornerback in the league is Xavier Howard, who is not as good as Darius Slay. And that's, that's part of the problem, right. why, why Slay wants more money. For sure. And again, it's hard to blame him for that. No, absolutely fair. Um, <laughs> so the, the economics of it are he's going to be a free agent after the season. I don't think that the Lions are going to pay him $13.5 million. I don't think they're going to pay nope. him $12 million again. Nope. He's older. He did not play well last year. Again, to his standards, he's still right. a very good starting cornerback. Yeah. He did not deserve to make the Pro Bowl last year, if we're being honest. Yeah. He, he had some issues, uh, and it goes beyond just not having the pass rush. He got beat quick on some plays, too. And if you watch the tape, you'll see that a lot. That's why his pro football focus grade went down. PFF, by the way, stops the clock on coverage after a certain set time. Mm-hmm. If, if you're out there for six seconds, they're not they're not charting you for the entire six seconds. It it, it gets cut off at a certain point, and that makes good sense, so, I mean, right? That, yeah, it's, it does. It's, it helps. It helps give some um, some validity to their formula for sure. It does. Um, so, uh, what, what do you pay him? Do you offer him? And also keep in mind now they just got burned with snacks. They they gave mm-hmm. snacks, so it has yep. the same agent. Mm-hmm. The kind of contract that you would think that would be amenable for Slay, a, a, a two-year deal, a, basically a guaranteed salary bump. Like, here, here's all this money. Take it now, and then we'll see you in two years, or you'll be gone in two years. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work because Snacks didn't play well. He got hurt, came out of shape, whatever, was was a dad with, with twin girls. And God, God bless him for that. I, I, I can yeah. certainly understand and empathize with that. Yeah, yeah. But the, the fact is, he wasn't very good last <laughs> year either. And now everybody has buyer's remorse and a lot of people have turned on snacks. Slay is not a dumb guy. He sees this. He knows this. So I, 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 I don't know if there's a future for him beyond 2020 in Detroit. And my current school of thought is that they will see how it's going early in the year. And if they're one in four, he gone. They're going to trade yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and at that point, I think everybody would be okay with that. I don't think that they're going to give him the kind of money that he wants if he's if he's not amenable to thirteen point five million a year or two years, he ain't gonna be in Detroit. Yeah, and this is the thing that we talked about in the Slack uh, earlier this year. Again, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Um, his trade value really peaked right before the trade val- uh, trade yes. deadline of this year. And thinking you're gonna trade him for a whole lot without signing to a contract, and then thinking you're gonna sign him to a contract before you trade him is gonna be tough. That value now has plummeted, not because he's not a good player, but because he's not coming with a contract. You don't know what you're getting when you pick up. Basically, he's a rental right now. So that hurts the Lions in the long run. Now, you, you've got hindsight as your as your uh, your assistant here, right, to know that. But there's a lot of people, and I, I think there's a number of us in the Slack that saw that if you're going to get rid of him now and this year is not really the ideal time to do it, it was really ahead of the trade deadline last year to get as much value as you could there. No, I don't think it would be advantageous to him, even from a financial standpoint, to try to hold out this year if the Lions didn't try to extend him. But I can see him trying to threaten it again and you know not performing up until the season starts i can i can certainly see that i think that both uh, i mean he'd lose if he tried to sit out this year he'd lose a lot of money this year he's also he would also be 31 then right. um 
you know, what's, trying to get his new contract with another team. What's the franchise tag number on, on him? It would be more than we want to pay him. Yeah. So it would be, it would be the average of the top five salaries. So that's going to be around 14. Yeah. You might as well 14, pay him. 14 to 14.5, somewhere in there. Yeah. You might as well take the contract then. So, yeah. Now, right. Case, go back to, to what you said about, um, um, don't you think that him threatening a holdout would be in essence, him demanding a trade? Yeah. And, I, and that was where I was going to go next with that is because okay. I do think that that is, you know, um, a, a, a viable option for him. Unfortunately, like Chris said, you know, for the team, that value has gone down, but it'd still be better to get something out of him than nothing, you know, and, and then we'd also be able to take, you know, the cap off of our, off of our hands and, and not have to worry about that this year. So uh, I will say though, for a team that uh, for a uh, front office has been put in the position that uh, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have with this win now thing, a pick, right. A, a couple of picks this year wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if he's holding out anyway. Um, you, yeah. it's, it's how much, how much can you get in those picks? Do you value that in the short term to get you over a hump to keep your job while you then go for, uh, Akuda and move? Or does anybody there? have a linebacker out there that we really want? You right, know, <laughs> right, right. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of calculus. This, you know, and speaking of which part of this whole calculus is, you know, the salary cap and finagling those. I do. I want to put a plug out there. Ash put a great article out on Detroit Lions podcast.com today. Yes. If, if you want to know, look, the salary cap is sometimes it's a social construct. Sometimes it's real, right? There's a whole lot of finagling and calculus there. Carlos Moneras annually gets it wrong. Go to Ash's article. He explains it in easy to understand terminology. You'll understand where the lions are, what the thinking is, and and what what to expect from them in that regard. Um, not just plugging it because it's on DetroitLionsPodcast.com. We plug everybody's stuff, but Ash does a great job on this every year. Yeah. And if you want to be educated, that's the place to go to find out and get lined up with what's going on. So, sorry, just want to give a little bit of shout out and love to Ash. All right, let's he go. Does a good job. Uh, he does. He really does. Uh, let's move on from uh, Senior Slay and uh, talk about this draft, right? N- more picks feels a lot better for this team right now. Um, as usual, the first round pick is in a, in a weird place, third overall right now. There's a couple of things you could go for. You're not going to make everybody happy when you, when you with whoever you pick at three. But there's these ideas. Um, of uh, the second round, right? And second round people aren't as clear on, right? Those top 10 positions or top 15 positions, there's there's generally a consensus. There's a couple of really odd spots based on the teams that are there. But the second round starts to, to kind of fall into place. And would love to hear, I know, Riz, you're working on some stories about some second round prospects. What do you think the second round holds for the Lions? What are they looking for as they, they go into day two of the NFL draft this year? I think some of it depends on what they get at three. And I think at three, they're either getting Chase Young or Jeff Okuda. I don't think there are other options, to be honest with you, at number sure. three. I yeah. really don't. I agree. You're not on the so, Simmons wagon at this point. No. And, and I'll tell you this. Um, I don't think the Lions perceive linebacker as a need at all. Hmm. I really don't. And, and Dave, that's interesting. Dave, Dave, you, well, look at, look at, who, look at what they've done with their linebackers. They have, yeah. they drafted to last year. They signed Jones. They, they have Kennard. Uh, they, there is something called Jerry Davis. They're he's on the spot this year, but uh, I don't think they're going to replace him outright. Right. And, and certainly not with a premium pick. So I, I would, be, I would be stunned if they took a linebacker uh, before about the fourth round. I, I just don't see interesting. Them seeing that as a position of need at all. I really don't. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, and, and Simmons, by the way, would be a linebacker for them. I know I've had this argument with Eric Schlick quite sure. a bit behind the scenes. He <laughs> thinks he would be the Tavon Wilson role. Um, but that is not necessarily a role that you would spend a premium pick on right, right, because right. it's it's just not it doesn't bring that, that much value. Off ball linebacker doesn't either, and they've blown that twice. But that, that's, <laughs> right. that's one of the reasons why we're picking third. Yep. Yeah. So I I, I don't think that Simmons is a consideration at all at three. I, I really don't. Um, so let's say let's say they get Chase Young, and now I've got a mock draft coming at Real GM. Um, if I ever finish writing the capsules for it, we'll be up uh, tomorrow hopefully. Yeah. And, Where and Chase the, Young, Chase the, Young is number three. And then, the Lions yeah. get him. There's a the reason for that is people are talking about that the Lions could take Tua right as part of the smoke screen. They may jump up to second, you know, with the the, the skins trade the, the the Redskins out of there and take the uh, take that second spot. They're not going to take Chase Young. Yes. They're coming for a quarterback, and then that fall then Chase yes. falls to us. It's a it's a very real scenario. So for people who thought that it's impossible, don't don't. Just stop Let, because it's not. Let's, let's <laughs> say so. I, I have. I, I'll, I'll give a little teaser here. I have the Chargers moving up. Why would you not? Yep. Tra- why wouldn't you not trade to two instead of three if it costs you the same? Because right. then you're guaranteeing that you get the guy you want. Exactly. Right. That, exactly. that just makes sense. You, you got to you got to step away from Lions Land for a while when you're evaluating some of these trade scenarios. Right. But let's put yourself in the, the position of the team that's trading up. Why would you trade to three when you can go to two for the same price? It doesn't make any sense at all. So I, I do think that they're going to get a buyer at two. Let me, let and, me and from let what me, I gather, they're they're selling it too. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you something. If someone comes up and takes a quarterback at two, is there another quarterback that would make a team like Miami hungry enough to sign up to for number three on? Maybe Justin Herbert. You, yep. you got to hope that the love for <laughs> Justin Herbert spreads. He needs a good combine. He does. For he us. had a good senior bowl. Yeah, he did. Absolutely, he did. He he raised his stock there. Okay, so do you, let's go back to your second round pick ideas. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So you got you get Chase Young in the first round. So then you don't need a pass rush. You're you're taken care of there. So then the biggest need on the team is wide receiver, uh, because you have right now Kenny Galladay and what's left of Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. That's it. That, mm-hmm. that that is your wide receiving core right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you're you're taking there. You you need a slot to replace Danny Amendola, who is not on the Lions anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would they love to have him back? Yes. Will he go elsewhere? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't see him coming back. Um, and and I think Chris knows why. Yeah. We don't think he's coming back, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Is he wait, following his buddy somewhere more. else? To... <laughs> um, maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe. There's, there's other things working there, too. Um, so I'm going, I love, and I just finished his draft profile, LaVisca Chanel out of Colorado. is He is so, so good. He is, I will rate him higher. I'll tell you this right now. I will rank him higher than I have CD lamb uh, really? just based on potential. Yes. Uh, he, the guy is a phenomenal receiver. He can, he has some Anquan Bolden qualities to him, but he's also really, really fast. So picture a really <laughs> fast Anquan Bolden going on the outside, but he also lo- he loves to play in the slot. He can also play running back. He has taken jet sweeps. He's taken wildcat snaps before. There's not a lot he doesn't do really, really well. So I, I'm a big fan of him. If, if he's there at 35, um, if I'm Bob Quinn, my pants are, are long gone. I'm going to need <laughs> towels, multiple towels, if that scenario happens. <laughs> there will not be a live stream of, of Alan Park for that pick. <laughs> um, okay, so here's a good alternate scenario. Um, if the Redskins were 
to decide, well, okay, you know, we've heard people's offers. We're, we're just going to go with Chase Young. We feel like he's legit. You know, that's, yeah. Um, that still leaves number three open uh, uh, to potentially trade. And there was another team that the rumor flew uh, today that, that they might be interested in trading up. And this one's a little bit bigger surprise. And this is the Colts who will pick number 13th in the first round. Um, so I went and, you know, plugged in draft calculator stuff to see what that would net us if they, if they moved up. And the, uh, the basic concept would be, okay, we'd have the 13th pick then. And that throws everything that we think we know about who might be available for us kind of out the window. Um, slim, slim chance that maybe Okuda would fall just because nobody else was looking for a corner, but that unlikely. Um, the, but we what we would end up with then is having the 34th pick from them and the 44th pick. So they have, they have those two second rounders. They have uh, who's it? Is it? It's Washington's, right? Yeah, they have Washington's pick, which creates a fascinating scenario to have those two back to back because we'd have the 34th pick and the 35th pick. Um, and oh, they're insane. you know, borderline first round picks. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I know, you know, a lot of Lions fans really don't love, uh, think Bob Quinn can't draft in the second round. I get that. Um, but at the same time, but two chances, not you, to, you get right? three opportunities, two opportunities right at the front of the, uh, the second round and a third opportunity in the middle of the second round. I mean, yeah, that, that that's, that's pretty juicy. Plus on top of that, you'd probably be getting it like a future, uh, fourth or fifth round pick or something like that on top of it. Wow. Uh, so now see the Colts, the Colts are interesting because they have, two big needs. They need a quarterback. And if Anthony Costanzo retires and it sounds like he's going to, they desperately need a left tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if they, if they want to move up to three, they can choose, okay, do we get our quarterback here or do we get at the front of this very deep tackle class? Yeah. Um, God, it's a great year to need an offensive tackle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I got four of them in the top 12. So mm-hmm. there's, yeah. it, it, and they would be missing out on that being at 13. I, I yeah. love that idea. I, that, the thing is that when you have those second round picks like that, you can also package two of those and move them back up. Right. To, you can totally 20. do that. Yep. Yeah. And, and get whoever you want. Just thinking off the top of my head and, and based on the mock that I just ran um, and some of the other mocks I've seen, you fall there, you're getting Javon Kinlaw. You're getting maybe Derek Brown. You're getting uh, Caleb on chase on guys who can help you quite a bit still. Yeah. Um, again, it's not, it's not the premium, but, you're getting a really good player there and you're yeah. getting a lot more later. That's mm-hmm. that'd be sexy. I like that. Which is in, in, in places that they need later. Right. Yes. I just, I feel like it's hard at 13 for this team because especially particularly with the sleigh thing. And that's why Okuda stands so strong right now for me. Right. Right. On this that team a- to walk away from a replacement, uh, a potential replacement for Darius Slay, knowing what the future probably holds with him, makes that a real difficult chase. To, to so that, then, then one of your second round picks would be a guy like uh, Christian Fulton from LSU mm-hmm. who's, who's really good, but has some warts, right? Um, he's, he's, he's better than Grady Williams was last year. I'll tell you that, but I'm, I'm not crazy about him in that range. Right. Sure. All right. Can, can we go back to those second round prospects? We keep meandering away. Oh, I'm because sorry. There's so I didn't much mean excitement to, I, in the first yeah. round. No, no, I, I like that. No, it's good. It's a good, uh, it's a good one, but I know Riz, you got a lot to talk about here. Well, just, just um, actually Fulton is another guy that I brought up where that I was going to bring up there is yeah. because you know, if you don't get Okuda at three, you do need a cornerback at some point early. Um, and that, that, that makes sense. He makes sense there again. I'm not a big fan of his, but I can see the lions liking him because of what he does. Sure. Um, 
uh, who's the other guy that I had? Oh, it, it, it's not the position I would take, and it's not somebody that I would be interested in, but Josh Jones out of Houston, if he somehow falls, I can definitely see Quinn and Patricia being enamored with him. He was like the big winner in the senior bowl. Uh, in the three days of practice there, he, he got a ton of buzz. He's long, he's strong, he's time to get the friction on. So he's going to start <laughs> cut, cut that. Edit that out. Um, I may edit that out, but just for future use. Um, <laughs> Dr. Riz right here for you. I got your back, folks. <laughs> oh, God. I cannot stop singing Sir Mix-a-Lot. That's sad. Yeah. Um, move on to Tone Look or something. But anyways, oh he God, is a guy. Is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. It's just always That's the same true. reference, right? <laughs> That's right. So he's a guy, again, I would not take an offensive tackle. I don't think, I don't think that, that they're part. I don't think they're cutting Rick Wagner first off. I, I, I just don't. I don't understand the people who think that quite honestly, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're charged with winning now. He's, is he, is he playing as well as he should? No. Is he worth his contract? No. Is he bad? No. <laughs> and how much is an upgrade going to cost? Right. Right. Is, you're you're exactly. going to gamble on somebody in the draft, which it is. It's always a gamble. Right. And, and you're not going to get him in the first round. I mean, the second round is a little bit of a question, but um, you start looking down is who's going to be better than them than him guaranteed. I just don't see that happen. Exactly, exactly the thinking. I mean, that's it's when you make some of these these moves. You as a as a coach in a front office, you look at this and you have in a GM, you have to say, um, "Am I guaranteed to get better?" Because that's what I need this year. I need to guarantee that I'm going to be better at each one of these positions I'm looking to replace. Because if I can't do that, I'm I'm putting myself in in harm's way. Remember, you you need a starting right guard because Graham Glasgow isn't going to be back. He's not on the team anymore. Don't mm-hmm. expect him back right at all. They've told you. He's not coming back by not offering him a contract extension at all right. in his contract year. Just for the sake of uh, knowing what's going on, we'd save about six million and have about six million in in dead cap uh, if we cut Wagner this year. So that that's that's like a rough push then, right? So, but so then your your starting tackle will be Tyrell Crosby or somebody that you draft, and then that then you have to get a replace a third swing tackle because that guy isn't on the roster right now, right? Or you're using your second round pick on a guy like Josh Jones or um, the other Iowa tackle um, or, or a guy like uh, the guy from LSU and his name escapes me, not LSU, uh, USC. Um, and I can't think of his name, but I, I just wrote him up too for Browns wire because Browns fans have a maudlin interest in every offensive tackle because theirs are terrible. Um, Tyrell Crosby would be the best tackle on the, on the Cleveland Browns. That's one of the reasons why they're six and 10. So uh, yeah. I, well, you I can have them for a first round pick. Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> can I, can I ask you what you think about Josh Garnett really quick? Uh, the pickup is he, is he really playing, uh, looking at playing time or is he uh, fighting for position? I will be surprised, pleasantly surprised if he makes the team. So go back to that draft. Mm-hmm. He was my number 222 player in that draft. Wow. Had he gone to Indiana and not Stanford, nobody would have thought he was better than a fourth round pick. I guarantee that, that, that he was so inflated by playing at Stanford um, and getting the accolades that he did, um, he he was fat. He was a leaner. He he was not as good as Lakin Tomlinson in college at all. Mm. And he he just got he just got he was one of those guys that inexplicably rose up the draft boards. Um, yeah. It happens every year. We see it every year. Um, and it didn't help him that he got hurt. Um, he has re- from what I understand, he's lost a significant amount of weight. I think he he's down to two hundred ninety five pounds. Mm. 
which can't hurt, but uh, he, he, guys, he was really, he was really bad in San Francisco. Like, like they knew by the end of their first training camp, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not the question you ever want your GM to ask. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Um, I want to, I want to push forward to one topic. If you don't mind case, we got just yeah, a little go bit of time here with Riz left and he's got a, a bunch of, I'll save mine for next do. time we talk to him. All right. Uh, it's all That'll about work. running backs. You know I mean, I'll hand that one off to your case. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. Was kind of yeah. poking at you a little bit. That's okay. Um, yeah, and okay. So there's this kind of um, hypothetical uh, of the Lions probably want to add a running back um, at some point, um, and that's Carry On Johnson just isn't reliably healthy. Uh, we we were very impressed with what we saw at Bo, but you know. We've been very right. impressed by guys deep on the roster before for, you know, short oh, periods we of time. Oh, we on green. Oh, he was great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and you know, uh, Montgomery just didn't provide the flag. Hey, he did talk about one of my personal disappointments on the year. And that's, you know, hopefully he, they've developed ways to use him uh, more effectively. Insert your but, Snoop who gift here. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and JD, because obviously is like that, that's a gadget type thing. Is he even on the roster next year? I don't remember. Um, but, uh, but um, so if I'm looking at as the lions, I'm not looking at them, you know, trying to spend a high draft pick, but I'm maybe somewhere between the third, the fifth, the sixth round. And if, if I'm looking at Daryl Bevel's history and, and maybe this is, and I do think that some people read a little bit too much into this and try to pigeonhole Darren Bevel after one year here and try to pigeonhole him based on anything he's done in his career when he's done a lot of different things in different places. Um, but you always kind of go back to the Marshawn Lynch thing and that bruiser, powerful back mm-hmm. and if they were if they were looking for a guy like that in the mid rounds is there anybody that you and, and i'm just getting uh, i know you're you know we're all just working our way through uh, building our conception of what's going on this offseason so i don't expect you to have the answer or anything like that but um <laughs> yeah. but but is there anybody that we might start thinking about looking at you know and in regards to that type of back so if you want to, if you want a guy like Beast Mode, you want Zach Moss from Utah. Mm-hmm. Big boy, drives with the, drives very with well with his legs. Went through contact, has exceptional balance through contact. He's not fast, and he doesn't catch particularly well from what we've seen. But he he is that kind of guy. So uh, and he's probably a probably a third rounder. Um, sure. I, I and I, I actually had a, a very long conversation with with another. Uh, Somebody, somebody that everybody's name would know um, in the draft media. Uh, <laughs> Does it start with a W? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, and we uh, we talked about where where we think the run on running backs is going to go, and he agreed with me that there will not be a first round running back this year. There just isn't the demand yeah. for it, yeah. especially when you can get Todd Gurley for nothing, and you can get David Johnson for nothing. Right. Um, it, it tells you where the league's value on running backs is. So I don't think you're going to see it in the first round. I don't think you're going to see Detroit consider one before the third or maybe the fourth round. That's, that's probably where Moss is going to go. Uh, Chris and I in Mobile saw a guy. He's not necessarily that type, but if you liked, if you like Christian Michael, when he came out of Texas A&M and Daryl Bevel sure as hell did, because yep. uh, mm-hmm. they want to draft Christine, him in Seattle. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he, it goes by Christian. It's felt. Uh, Christine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. He's, He's from Houston. He's uh, actually uh, of of African. He's like a first generation African descent sure. American, and uh, they they spelled it weird. Um, 
He's actually really cool about it too. But he is the guy we saw in Mobile, Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Built very similarly, had the same kind of skills. Michael was faster uh, and probably a little bit more polished of a receiver, but in terms of the way that he runs the ball and attacks and presses the hole, Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt is a guy that uh, that would fit as well. And he's probably sure. a third or fourth round guy too. And I'll tell you, and you know, as I kind of look through my notes here from, from Senior Bowl, um, and we've talked about this before, Riz, about the guys from Vandy, how they were absolutely ripped and their strength and conditioning oh, program should be they're, elevated they're, to the NFL. Yeah, <sighs> yeah absolutely. They, and, those guys, all of them were really like le- a lot of lean muscle. You, you don't see these. These are not going to be guys who are pulling hammies. These, are, these guys are mo- they're models, right? I mean, they're model yeah. physiques, right? And, and it's just like, holy cow. And I and I was of, of the group's bus sitting there. I, was, I happened to be the first one to say it, but we were all like, yeah. Like it was, it was very, very upfront. Now, one thing about Keyshawn, though, um, that that I noticed, and I got to hear my notes on stage as he's going across. And of course, right, this is the elephant walk, so it's it, it is all the lights are on you. You're standing there in your underwear, right? It's 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 whatever it is. He didn't seem super confident, but watching him run, he ran a lot differently than he he held himself on stage there. And that was one of my sure. notes that I had, and I was it was one of the things I was watching for. But he definitely runs different than he than he he kind of dealt with things when he was up there in his his underwear in front of a crowd of what five hundred. And I'll, I'll I'll bring up I'll bring up one last guy because Case mentioned him before we went on, and that's Kelly out of UCLA. And I'll give you a quote from somebody who knows him well. Said he runs like he just stole the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, if he just stole the car, wouldn't he be in the car? Don't <laughs> up the quote. I just, I, I, so uh, honestly, case I asked the same question. He, 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 he gave he gave me a middle finger emoji. <laughs> That's awesome. That's well, awesome. great minds, Jeff. Great minds. Yeah, that, there you go. Exactly. Did you want to talk about P. Ryan at all? Oh, LaMichael Le- P. Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. From Florida. Uh, another another bigger back. Mm-hmm. He's got some speed. He's got a little bit of juice to him. He's. I have not watched a lot of Florida yet. I'm dreading putting that. In. Yeah. So my one of my draft rules, avoid all Florida defenders all the time, forever and ever. <laughs> Amen. But although it... I would love it if they signed Brian Poole as a free agent because that guy's one of the best slot corners in the league, mm-hmm. and, and he's came from Florida. But yeah, I so I, I haven't gotten around to them yet. Okay, he, he was at the Senior Bowl. He's he, he's got the big old butt. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he does. He's powerful down low. Uh, ripped, ripped. I have him as ripped. One thing yes. though, I noticed, um, and I I label it here as Quintricia, but I would I would. Um, or Quintrest, sorry. I would say that I, it appeared there was a little bit of a stirring in uh, Bob Quinn's loins as this man came on stage. Um, so keep an eye on him. I just the the you know the the body language from from Quinn at the time when he was on there was was. I love that you were spying on him. Oh, you yeah. were like you were probably like fifteen feet away from him, and you were you were. Oh yeah, yeah. Not so covertly Two years in a row, right? That's part of my whole evaluation process. <laughs> I'm there firing off tweets about how how good guys look, and you're you're spying them. You're doing actual work. I appreciate that. <laughs> we make a hell of a team, buddy. Between us, we're we're one heck of. I don't even want to say that because you do fine by yourself. But anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, running backs. I think we got our hands on that right now. Second round prospects. I feel good about that. We're going to talk about that first round trade potential. Um, is there anything we want to say about Miami at this point? They're they're definitely kind of going to pop to two, right? They wouldn't wait till three. It's it's them and the Chargers that are probably battling, and, and we really need Herbert to show up and be 
be Superman at the combine. To get yeah, us that whole Ca- Carolina is a variable because they're rebuilding and they have the ability. If they want Tua, they can wait a year. They know they're going to suck next year. Right. So they they have to be a fly in that ointment too. And what, what they do with Cam Newton matters mm-hmm. in that too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. With that, Riz, we're going to call it a show. We're going to call it a week. Um, thank you so much for joining us again, folks. Remember, we're looking for your involvement in the show. Use the comments and subreddit to give us your feedback. Also, don't forget about us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get on on that Slack chat and get all the inside info and conversation from the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Instagram is Detroit Lions podcast. We did our first post there. It's good stuff. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see case with no pants on. All right. Give us a call via Skype Detroit Lions podcast. All one word Detroit Lions podcast or call us in the Lions line 929-33-Lions. It's 929-335-4667 and go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hit that subscribe button so you subscribe to the podcast and we show up in your ear holes every week automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.